Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close... You can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls because I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give them the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like them. I'll just have Yanni use his. Then I'll have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Hey, this is Bart Crow, and you got it right here on the Element Podcast. Tonight, I need What is happening, all you Woods Snow people? This is Casey and Tyler on the Element Podcast, like you just heard from another one of our buddies. Tyler, who are we talking to today? We're going to be talking to Bar Crow. He is a guy that I know from several years ago, playing some music together and touring around the country doing things. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he wasn't wearing a ring the other night, which was kind of cr- weird. But uh, I think that <laughs> that uh, Bart has like the uh, tattoo wedding ring thing going on, so it's cool. But before we get to Bart and the interview that we did with him, guys, I know that you're like zoned in, working hard, or driving, or whatever. But what a great opportunity to pull over, use the bathroom, take a break, go get a donut, <laughs> and head over to the Element YouTube channel right now. Hit subscribe if you haven't, and take a screenshot and send it to us in a message. All right? Send it to us Facebook or Instagram, and you will enter our 1,000 slash 11,000, actually, I'm sorry, 1,000, 10,000 slash 11,000 subscriber giveaway over on YouTube. Guys, we are giving away... A ton of stuff, and we don't do these cheesy giveaway stuff that often, you know, like we're not going to be like, oh, here's a, uh, you know, a used sock that we, you know, would you please subscribe, you know, whatever, like it's, it's, it. it's a big deal, yeah, we washed it, there's one merino one that's gray and one merino one that's black, but, uh, 
anyways, we're going to uh, give away a bunch of stuff here because we really appreciate y'all helping us get to this point. Uh, we know that a lot of y'all have been subscribed on YouTube for a very long time, and we appreciate the comments, the likes, the shares, all that stuff. Um, but if you would do this for us so we can keep on keeping on, it's what we really need to do. So um, anyways, we're giving away a ton of stuff. It's all stuff that we use, that we love, uh, that help us kill deer, um, home and away. So go subscribe on YouTube, send us a screenshot, and you'll be entered into that giveaway. So we're doing, we're you know, it's Texan thing, right? So there's a That's grind. only part one, though, right? Huh? That's only part one, though, right? Oh, yeah, part two's coming basically. this week uh, on Instagram, so be ready. There's a part two where you get extra entries. Um, yeah. So yeah. Th- this is a Texan thing, right? So we have a grande prize, not Starbucks, Texan. <laughs> Texans did this, not Starbucks. Okay, we got a grande prize, which is the big dog, and we got some grand prizes, okay? Uh, so the grande <laughs> prize, you win pretty much everything that Tyler and I use on a daily or weekly basis to go deer hunting. It's pretty awesome. Outside of our bows, uh, but you're going to get arrows, you're going to get broadheads, you're going to get camo, you're going to get backpacks, you're going to get it all. Um, oh, and all these prizes come with a elite subscription to Onyx. Not just like single state. We're talking all 50 states. Legit, in 2021, you can travel to Maine and go hunt deer and find public land there because Onyx is giving you that state. So, be sure, go screenshot the the screen showing you're subscribed to the Element YouTube channel and send it to us in a message. Now, that's all for the plug, guys. Tyler, tell us about your bro, Mr. Crow. Oh, he is... Uh... He's a guy that, like I said, I know from way back, and he's he's a good dude, man. I just always uh, seem to care about people and um, be a little less interested in, um, you know, where he and his famedom and and uh, music were taken, and more about uh, kind of the relationships in the industry and stuff. And so I naturally kind of, um, you know, was I guess drawn to him and. Um, we played several shows together that were really good, um, kind of regionally and, and that kind of thing. And, um, I don't know, we just had a lot of fun. And so I kind of know him from, from, uh, those days and we, we did some trash talking, you know, on Twitter and stuff quite a bit, uh, just to kind of freak everybody out. Like we were actually getting into fights, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then we would, uh, uh, you know, we, 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 we ended up keeping up with each other kind of, you know, we'll text every once in a while, a couple times a year, several times a year and see how everything's going, you know? And, um, uh, even though, you know, me and my band haven't, uh, toured uh, formally and full time for, you know, five years or so probably now, but, uh, um, you know, still play music and stuff and still think about him, see what's going on with him and his life. He enjoys his family and, that kind of thing. So we kind of have some of the same values. And then, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking on, uh, Instagram kind of scrolling through one day, I think it was. And I see Bart has, uh, killed an elk and I'm like, is this guy clowning or not? Like, <laughs> is he, you know, like, did he like Photoshop this or something? Cause I didn't know Bart was a hunter, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think as you, you'll find out in this podcast, you'll, you'll kind of see that he is, um, he had a hiatus, I guess you'd say for a while there. Uh, but it seems like he's kind of getting back into the, the swing of hunting. Seems to have enjoyed it this year and gone several times. And so I was like, man, it's be it's be a good, uh, you know, different different angle. And uh, you know, we're, we don't have to have uh, you know the same 
14 guys that have been on every podcast on uh, to talk about whitetail tactics this week. We can have a guy talk about his journey and what that looks like and what hunt means to him. And maybe somebody can relate to that. And maybe there's some information in there as well that you can uh, use to think about concepts and stuff like that as you go forward in your, your own uh, outdoor journey, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, it's very relatable for a lot of people, especially like, you know, the working folks who, uh, used to hunt a lot, maybe hunting with their dad and granddad. And then, you know, just life's got busy and you don't get to go that much anymore. And if you do, it's, you yeah. know, kind of quick on some, your in-laws property or whatever. And that's kind of how Bart's been. And then this year he just kind of, you know, set the woods on fire pretty much just getting after it. And yeah. I think he's fixing to go duck hunting and he's just kind of getting back into stuff, man. It's pretty cool. And, and really there's a lot of, uh, life stuff in here. That's pretty relatable for a lot of folks, but I'm going to give a, give a caveat, give a disclaimer here. Um, Y'all, if, uh, if you got youngins listening to the podcast, um, not that there's a lot of, uh, you know, bad words or just lewd, crude things in here, but we talk a lot about some real life stuff, you know, uh, with some substance abuse and, and just struggles that, that, uh, people have. So, uh, if you want to, it'd be a great opportunity to use this as a teaching tool, you know, to, uh, your kids and to talk about you know, some real life stuff, or, you know, if you're not, not quite into that or your kids aren't quite ready for it, maybe it's a good time. Just maybe turn this one off until later. But, uh, either way, I really enjoyed, you know, getting to talk to Bart. <laughs> it's funny, like, uh, uh, you know, circa 2009, 2010, there was, a a, a KC with a bare haircut and much better hairline out, you know, two-stepping in college station <laughs> to this guy singing on stage. Never would I have thought that, you know, I'd just be chilling in a, in a fisherman's motel room <laughs> doing a podcast with, you know, two guys yeah, on a bed yeah. and <laughs> in their socks, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it's getting weird. I, I was on a chair, luckily. Green. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's uh it was you know, it was a it was a good night, man, for sure. I think uh very uh you know, anytime we can get to do one in person, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't get to do more of them in person. Uh, but we just don't have the means and method to do that right now, especially during hunt season. But uh, it'd be nice to be Joe Rogan and fly everybody out to uh, Emory, Texas and, yeah. you know, have a studio set up and interview, you know, all these people. But, yeah, it's good to have it in person, man. It's just a lot easier to communicate. It's a lot more personal. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun time, man. You know, like uh, like most musicians, there's uh, – uh, you know, some kind of, uh, artistic dark side that you have to, you feel like a lot of musicians have to go through to, to write good music or whatever. And so like a lot of these guys, you know, like Bart and others have, uh, been through that stuff. And I think there's also kind of a, uh, a certain type of person that kind of tends to, to, uh, you know, be, be that way, I guess, in a, in a, in a for lack of a better phrase or term, but like he's, uh, you know, he's definitely, you can tell that there's a different kind of joy these days, I think. And so that's a, that's a good thing, man. I'm happy for him and, and, uh, look forward to people listening to this conversation, giving feedback, hopefully on what they liked about it or what they, you know, would like to hear more. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, the, the first part of the conversation is uh, a lot of, you know, music and live talk. And then Bart gets into some of his hunting stuff there at the end or not at the end. It's, you know, two thirds of the way through or whatever, but it's just a good long conversation, uh, 
and uh, I had a lot of fun, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's a funny, funny guy. <laughs> so it's yeah, a, a he good, is, man. Good dude to hang out with. Dude, have you hunted this week? Uh, I have. I've hunted at my property twice. Nothing, yeah. nothing too crazy. Um, I'm, you know, to the point of naming does because I see them every day, uh, which is just a story of East Texas, uh, you know, yeah. late season hunting. You know, you just, uh, if you run a feeder on your property, you're going to have your resident does and you just kind of, I don't know, it's, it's a tough game and I don't have enough time to hunt every day, uh, to go and hope that, you know, a buck shows up, but that's kind of what you got to do is just hope that a buck shows up or tries to swing through and see if there's any, you know, late cycle young does or something didn't get bred first go around um i've got a a mature eight point that's you know found the corn i haven't got any daylight pictures of him yet but as you know winter pushes on um kind of that post christmas time is a good time to maybe ch- catch one kind of slipping a little bit so it's kind of what i'm hoping for but i think you and i are probably gonna really get after the texas public stuff the next few weeks because um my wife is fixing to go on uh what do they call that winter break christmas break christmas break so is yours and so we're about to just rage and kill all the deer hopefully so (laughs) i'm looking forward to that Uh, man it can be a tough time of year to be uh hunting you know the eastern half of texas so golly we'll see yeah for sure yeah guys real quick um if you're interested there's an Element DIY hunting page on Facebook. Uh, ask to join that group, and uh, it's a place where we do a lot of kind of more forum-style discussion stuff. And uh, we're also talking about uh, doing a uh, meetup slash hog hunt in the spring. So if you're interested in that, go join that page, and you'll be able to, you know, kind of we'll talk about the details and see what, when, and hair, what, when, and hair, yeah, what, when, where, and how about, about that deal. But uh, right now, man, let's get to the conversation with Bart. Sounds good. So we've got Bart Crow here in his hotel room. He invited us in. It's a cozy, echoey place right in here. Lots of linoleum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Bart's wearing his Texas socks. Man, you could pretty much always count on you to have something that says something on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the boots video, where'd you get, do you just have that stuff in your closet? Well, my wife's a uh, set designer and a wardrobe. Okay. Person, I didn't know that. Uh, for film, and and she's a photographer, so I have access to things. If you notice, they don't always fit really properly. But yeah, I somehow get them. It's all right. I get them on. Yeah, it's all right. So, they look cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a little bit of Elvis, a little Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, different things going on there. Yeah, kind of Elvis in his heavier years <laughs> <laughs> with blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, no, he. Uh, I watched that video and I like that song a lot, man. Thanks, um, man. It's got the whole album has cool vibes, man. I think I like so. what you did with it. I think we um, quit trying to figure out what everybody wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of started just doing what I wanted. Not started, just kind of got back and found myself and just played the songs, wrote the songs, played the music, and then since I've been wor- hooked up with Nick J, working with him, he's produced. We've actually done three records, but we've only released the two so far. The uh, I'm not finished and pretty good heart. And uh, Nick's just got a cool. He he's got a cool understanding. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of like I'm not a uh, I'm not seasoned in music in um, proper terminology mm-hmm. and in education, but he is. So I can like tell him like, man, I kind of got this cool like 
swampy idea with mm-hmm. this and then he'll throw a few things at us and we just connect and it's been real easy to make these records with mm-hmm. him. Dude, producers are such a big part of it, man. They are, and when it works, it's beautiful. And when mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's a freaking nightmare. train wreck. Yeah, I mean, it's just. And with me in my um, couple of records that I did not did not feel comfortable at all. I felt like we were already too committed, and I, you know, I know it should be like, hey, let's just stop right here. Like this isn't working, in hindsight. But when you're young and and you hire somebody, you trust that they're going to direct the train and you know and then you start or at least myself start second guessing like well you know who am i to say they're not right mm-hmm. maybe their idea maybe that's why i hired them is to yeah. take my ideas and then make me go a direction that i might not be comfortable with but it could be better the the, and, f- the first big uh the first full-length album that i did with with tyler and the tribe mm-hmm. we had like a rock star dude pr- produced and engineered platinum albums and stuff like that and that was our producer, and like that was kind of where I was at. It was like I was uh, kind of afraid to say anything because it's right. like, man, I'm you know 24 years old. Like, yeah, this do I know what I'm Grammy talking yet. about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I well, mean, that, that was me. Uh, you know, with my my first one, I kind of wasn't grooving with. We were just so committed. We were a young band. It was the third record, though. The first one had no clue what we were doing, and I think you can <laughs> absolutely tell that it's not that great of a record, but it's probably one of our more popular records and and it you know it garnered where my ring which obviously gave me a, a foundation to build a career on mm-hmm. but it, it's like didn't know any different didn't know any better we just did mm-hmm. and then the second one we we thought we found you know this a great producer who at the time did great for us but then there was there was just a whole lot of sound and tonal things that i didn't like but was trusting mm-hmm and uh, and I think it was because he was more of a rock producer, and we were in a you know a larger studio. We're down in San Antonio, and it was it was a good time. We were having a great experience, but you know, forty dadgum guitar tracks and overdubs, <laughs> like just it's like too much. stacking and and using orange amps when we're all you know yeah when we're using whatever Paul was using at the time you know. Um, probably a Vox or a mm-hmm. Deluxe or something. And then we're running all this crap through all this computerized stuff that I, is still out of my you know, knowledge zone. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the third one, it's like, well, now we're doing one in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, nothing, and none of this stuff that I'm saying is personal attack on these people. It was just our, our jail wasn't jelling. Yeah. And so, but then the Nashville ones, we were flying out, and I was adamant about doing it with my band. So... And I don't even know where we got the money from because we're so broke and, and young. But each time flying out, I would fly out a band member. So it was me and the bass player spent the first week. And then um, we did use a session drummer. Mm-hmm. And then and then, um, then me and the guitar player went out, and it was just a week of guitars. Then I flew back out. And there was a lot of stuff I wasn't digging, but I was trusting. And it's easy to say that. I mean, if the record would have went skyrocketed and blowed us, blown us into the stratosphere, I, my, I'm sure my opinion would be different. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mm-hmm. think it would have to be. I'd like to think it wouldn't. I'd like to think that I'm mature enough to just be like, it still wasn't a, it was a fun environment, but it wasn't like a, we're all on the same page environment. Mm-hmm. How so, old, how old were you when Where My Ring started to do what it did? Like when did you release it, or when did y'all record that song? I don't know, man, because I weird weird evolution of that song was you know I played 
I had a band. First of all, I played for about six months just by myself, acoustic. And my mother gave me the money. I did a four or five track acoustic record with uh, Doc Watson, who was uh, Doc, Tommy Alverson, Doc mm-hmm. Watson, or Doc Wesson. Doc Wesson? Sorry, Doc. Dude, I've done that before. And, I, I think back to some of my early stuff. I'm like, what's that guy's name? <laughs> I cannot well, remember. They used to have three fools, uh, three fools on three stools, and it was their trio. They played all around the Metroplex and, and small towns around mm-hmm. Maypearl at the BZB and, and places. And they were fantastic they, because Tommy Alverson had that, um, I forget what his record was called, but it had Texas Woman on it, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, Hill Country, and but great, great cassette tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went to those guys because I was just getting kicked off. So then fast forward six or eight months after that, I put a band together and the band, we played gigs just off that acoustic record Mm -hmm. and and me bugging people and i bet we played for almost a year before the drummer at the time's mother loaned us the money i think it's like three thousand bucks astronomical amount oh yeah at that time that was back in the 70s or something wasn't it (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, 70s of 2003 (laughs) and um we recorded the finally record and um where my ring was on there well, I mean, Ring was just another passing song in the set list. I mean, we were It's kinda, not called Angel with a Bottle? I mean, you can call it anything you okay. want to as long as you're playing it. <laughs> I, know, I know you like it when people ask you to play that yeah. one. I even put that on the live record in parentheses. <laughs> I think you? I put Angel in the bottle. That's good. Um, oh, my dad, he still is like, uh, you know, where the Angel bottle song? That's good. <laughs> I'm like, stop. Um, but we recorded it in 2003. And this is where it got weird because it was just another passing song. Hell, we were trying to get to Simple Man. Yeah. And and our uh probably our back in black and Metallica montage of, you know, little our little filler break. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get into those songs. But um we started noticing Ring and then uh I released it as a single with my first promoter ever, Debbie Green. And it really didn't do much on the radio, but um started noticing at the gigs people were wanting to hear it you know but back then it was probably like the fourth or fifth song out what year mm, maybe oh four oh five something like that i dude, I, I remember so when i first started i listened to a lot of rock growing up mm-hmm. and was a huge nirvana fan stp those are like incubus those are probably my top three favorite bands in like high school. And then I remember uh, somebody introduced me, Ryan Beaver introduced me to Cross Canyon Ragweed when I was in high school. Oh, Beaver. Yeah. And so, because Beaver's from here, you know. We're yeah, actually, I didn't know that. See, I know Beaver from Austin. That's okay. where we became buds. Yeah. No, Beaver and I, uh, his younger brother, Cody, did you, did you ever meet him? I didn't. Cody's one of my best friends. I actually hung out with Cody today. Um, oh, but they're sweet. from Emory. We're all from Emory. Okay. And so we're here at Lake Fork right I now. I know for that. The I have an uncle that lives in Emory. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah. So, so I... Uh, I my my parents own a, my dad owns a fishing lodge and has for about thirty years up here, and um, I can remember going from the fishing lodge heading south towards Alba, which is between Emory and Quitman. If that makes any sense to you, it probably doesn't. But speed trap. I can remember. I, yeah, I can remember going south out of there and hearing this uh, "Wear My Ring" song, and it was the it was the first song that would be considered you know Texas country, red dirt, whatever it is would be considered that that was that was i had ever heard outside of cross canyon ragweed 
Huh. And that was I'm on sorry. the radio. I was like, this is a pretty cool song, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I was, I was in high school at the time and I'm thinking, this is cool, you know? So just a little side note there, but it was like, the, this was the, my introduction to, uh, this, you know, scene or whatever, pretty much. It, well, strange thing for our band, I didn't even know there was a scene. Like I learned yeah. as we were going. Sure. We just like to play music. Mm-hmm. And my, my get into it was Bolin, Jason Bolin had married a girl I grew up with. So when they would come to Stephenville to play, they would come in a few days early and stay at my house and we would just party for the week. And I'd already been writing songs, but with no thought whatsoever on the planet of ever doing anything with them. Mm-hmm. I think I probably did him the thing that you and I probably roll our eyes about, mm-hmm. at least on the inside. And I'm sorry, anybody, <laughs> if that comes off rude. But when somebody's like, hey, I wrote this song. You want, can I play it for you? Mm-hmm. You're just like, but. At least yours turned I, out good. You know, I have become, <laughs> but I've become mature enough when people ask me that. I say mature enough. I'm not mature. I'm, you know I'm an immature. Yeah, kid. definitely. That's why we're friends. Yes. But. <laughs> I've become comfortable enough to be like, you don't want my opinion. Can we just, let's just be pals. Because mm-hmm. what if you need real feedback? If you wrote a song or if you're thinking about writing songs and playing music, you need real feedback. I'm not going to give you real feedback. I'm not an, a nice person. Yeah, you're going to just be like, oh, it's awesome, oh, cool, dude. Man. Yeah. But at the same time, that's why I was like, people don't know. I'm like, you don't want my feedback. You don't need my feedback. If you love it, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Who gives a darn what i think I mean, who am i yeah i don't want to critique someone else's art yeah because we both know especially in the texas scene plenty of people that just want to be in it want to be a part of it hey look what i strung together some words and look at this and then there's people who really believe in art and love what they do and i'm not trying to be anybody's bubble buster god knows i had plenty of them mm-hmm. coming through it uh so anyway back to bowling uh, sorry for the segue, but he was, he, I, I don't think that I asked him to listen. And if I did, he just was such a scatterbrain then. He probably just talked me out of it or something. But he did say, hey, man, call Heath out at City Limits. Just book a damn gig and uh, see how it goes. And his famous quote, and this was, I mean, my God, this was 2002 or three, which made me lie about when I did Finally, I think we recorded it and released it in 05, but Smith Music picked it up right after that and re-released it, so it's technically 06. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Bolin was like, we got the rest of our lives to be old and boring. May as well go for it. It was just like light bulb. Went, yeah, Ding. makes sense. And so I booked a gig at City Limits. I mean, excuse me, the Agave next door, mm-hmm. which I spent all my tuition there anyway. <laughs> yeah, you went to Toronto State, right? Uh-huh. And my wife did too. Cool. Yeah. She must be super smart. She, also, she's actually one of the coolest people I've ever met. Yeah. Second. One of yeah. So <laughs> there well, you go. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I booked. Yeah, I think I made three hundred bucks, and I was like, hey, yeah, that was easy. Mm. And you know, of course, then all my friends came. It was just probably, probably the last sold out show I ever had. So there's like three people there. <laughs> three and a half. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> so um, mentioned a paraplegic. <laughs> it was a. Small person. Uh, small person. Uh, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Since 2020, we got to be careful here. You get banned. <laughs> uh, uh, to land this long-winded plane of mine, I'm sorry. No, it's good. To answer your question, with all this, we, I mean, I just, Where My Ring, when we recorded it, was just another song on the, on the list, on the track list. And I think that's what you asked me. I lost yeah. myself. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember Damn either. It. 
I was asking I you, you. I can get long-winded. Yeah, no, it's good, though. That's what podcasts are for. So you asked me when I realized where my ring was doing something. Yeah, when it was kind of taking off, yeah. And I think we even had it out of the set for a while. Just scary. Yeah, just like. It almost didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing. And then, this is how stupid I was. How ridiculously stupid. So then when it started doing well, I felt like it was the dumbest song that I had of my my. Mm-hmm. Maybe not dumb, but the least, the weakest of the songs that yeah. I had of the X number we had to play in the set. Plus, we had to play Simple Man, of course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and our montage of <laughs> annoyance and loud music. <laughs> and uh, so, I, I remember trying to almost like distance myself from it. When in hindsight, it's like, are you stupid? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. <laughs> and so. I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't have this like burning bush moment of like, that song, let's put it back in. Yeah. But we did, and it just kept going, and it kept going. It kept getting bigger, and shows got bigger and better, and, and everybody was, you know, yelling for it. And then that gets annoying, because it's like, well, what about these other songs? Yeah. I really, <laughs> yeah. I really could tell you a whole backstory on, yeah. not the one I really don't remember. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But we embraced it, and we just moved it to the end of the set, where it's lived for, jeez. I guess forever, dude. At least, at least probably ten years. It's been the show closer, mm-hmm. and it will be till, you know, yeah, till you get to put nine o'clock in start time. Yeah, then we'll, your sets, then we'll open right? with it, or in your uh, contracts. Yeah, we'll open with it and then close with it. <laughs> yeah, and so and you know, it's funny thing too is, you know, I did a a new version of it on the last EP. I'm not finished, and we just kind of went more kind of honky-tonk, mm-hmm. you know, think of Alabama, and uh, golly, I got some hate messages. Yeah. It's terrible. This sucks. And of course, I don't have the wherewithal to just ignore that. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. It's actually really good. You just prefer the other one, and that's okay. And you, But so many people be like, yeah, man, you're right. Yeah, like, exactly. no, it's we get that stuff all the time. We have, all the time on YouTube, man. Like, if, if somebody, you know, because... The anonymity of the internet is a terrible thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. People don't have enough responsibility to deal with it. I right? wonder what the world would do if, you know, the government's taking everything anyway. What if they just shut down the internet for oh, a please. month? Let's do I, it. I think that'd be amazing. I oh, think it would man. also Where everybody awesome. has to get back to communicating and being civil and human. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. ask each other. It's yeah. crazy how, like, somebody will be like, I can't believe you did that, you know, to that deer or whatever. And then you say, well, man, actually, you know, we feed your family that food or whatever. And like, oh, yeah, man, good point. It's like, oh, I thought you were Mr. <laughs> yeah. Bad Guy with your chest out, you know. Like, it's weird how many people think that when they're commenting online to you that you're just like this person that'll, that doesn't see it and yeah. will never respond right. to they it. They say, that know? guy missed that deer. It's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm like, that, I'm guy's that guy's me. Yeah. I, like, I'm the guy <laughs> right. that owns this. Nobody else works here, you know. Like, it's not it's, a yeah. company, you know. Well, in some things you want to be like, Oh, I have, I've used this before. Like, oh my bad, this isn't the Q and A discussion board. <laughs> this was me putting my opinion. Yeah, uh, wasn't really asking for feedback. <laughs> yeah. This is just what happened. Or, but that's why I'm just so. It's like, um, you know, you have to do it. I have to do it. You guys have to do it. But you gotta play the stupid social media game, and I hate it. I just mm-hmm. want, listen to the music. Listen yeah. to the damn music. If you like it, cool. If you don't, don't listen to it. Uh, that's unfortunate mm-hmm. because you know. If you come see us live, we're pretty fun. We have sure. a good time. We don't get all drunked up and act fools, which there's always a place for that. I'm not knocking that side either. Yeah, but they're but, but when you, when musicians do that, they tend to get more lame. They think they're cool, 
but like the people watching them are like, this guy is just up See, there stumbling around. You that's know? me. And I, but I'm such a weirdo because I remember like seeing Gary Stewart when I was in high school and I was like, that's cool. And Dude, he was I got sloshed. But then when I do it, then you just get like, he was so drunk, I need my money back. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought this was cool. I, I played a show with Gary Stewart one time. We opened for him in the first band that I ever like toured in at all. I was the guitar player and harmony guy. So I wasn't like the main dude, you know, or whatever. Well, we weren't the lightning rod. Yeah. We, we like branded ourselves as punk country. And so yes. we played kind of country, but like, you know, it's like it fit into the scene, except for that, like everywhere we went, we destroyed things. And so uh, we, we literally opened for Gary Stewart. We destroyed a guitar at the, no, we, uh, we had a trash can, a metal trash can. We threw black cats in at the very beginning of the show on stage. And then we, we lit them and threw it in there and all walked off and just went, 100 black cats went, you know, whatever. Then at the end of the show, uh, our fiddle player got up on the shoulders of our lead singer and soloed at the end. We're just going nuts. I mean, there's like 40 people there, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, then the singer grabs a guitar and goes, smash this. And I said, no, I'm not smashing your guitar. We don't have money. Right. And so he just walks over and just starts destroying this guitar. And he goes, take your shirt off. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, like back then I was in decent shape, you know, so I ripped my shirt off and solo out or whatever. And then like, we just like, are like, whatever. We freaking just killed this in front of like 40 people, throw my guitar down, let it feed back, you know, and walk yes. off the stage, bust out the back doors. And there's Gary Stewart. And I'm just like freaking sweating so hard. Just no <laughs> shirt on no guitar oh. they're like like hey fellas and they just started laughing dude. awesome it was good it was good that's that was the cool. only time we ever played with gary stewart so <laughs> oh, these guys uh, those guys yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh where my ring is like it's like then you've built a career on it basically 100 percent. yeah and so how do you feel like does it still rank down there? Because like I've heard Dave Grohl talk a lot about um, certain songs that he's written. He talks about them. He's like, you gotta, you know, if you write a song, you better be prepared to play it for the rest of your life. And he's and he has kind of I think hit like the same thing where like he's written some songs that he wasn't super proud of after he had to play them a lot, but people like them a lot. Mm -hmm. And then he's kind of like come full circle to where like, man, I really appreciate the fact that I had the chance to write a song that has I've been able to build a career on, even though it may not be like my best song ever. You know, do you feel that way kind of with that song or are you still just kind of put out by it? No, no, I am 100% yep. like have learned to love it and, mm -hmm. and uh, very much appreciate and respect what it's meant to other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been everything from like you seen in high school and you didn't say this, but some people, that oh, was our party anthem. Mm -hmm. Other people I've talked to like, man, I got me through a divorce. Or that got me through a breakup, and it's like, man, I want everybody to own it their own, and it's been huge. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> my career is kind of in the middle, mediocre anyway, so I can't imagine how terrible it would be without the song. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm definitely, definitely a fan of that, and any song, you know, there's I've been fortunate to have a, a few where they are meaningful to people, mm -hmm. and that I always hold that very dear. Yeah. It just took me... I honestly can look back and think I was just trying to be too cool for school. Mm -hmm. You know, you had bands like Ragweed that had Carney Man, but at this time, they were like, we don't play that anymore. <laughs> don't request that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, um, which is fair, because I was acting exactly, well, that works for them. That's cool, and yeah. I like that. I like that they're kind of like, no, we don't, 
we're, we're trying to be a little more serious. And mm-hmm. I, I can honestly say in hindsight, I'm sure that's where that kind of gravitated from. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah. Uh, instead of having my own opinion and embracing it, it was trying to be cooler than I was or, you know, well, that's working for that band, so we should try that, which everybody does to a, a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. shoot, when I first started, there wasn't a soul in the scene that played in-ears. Then one band got on in-ears, then like, well, we should get on in-ears. Mm-hmm. Well, we should get on in-ears, too. Well, guess what? We should get a tour manager. We should yeah. get one, too. Hey, they had a sound guy. We need a sound guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's they funny. Had, they had lights. There well, was God, like... Damn it, we got to have lights. Did you ever How get... Have we been I got approached it? by like a... Like a ears broker or something it was the weirdest thing ever they were like they were like trying to sell me in-ear monitors or all of us you know and but i was so confused because it's like so you don't actually work for the in-ears company that you're trying to sell me on it was the weirdest thing they're like no we we help out this band this band this band i'm looking in the back i was like van i don't understand <laughs> like and then you know they they tried to hook us up and i was like uh that's way too expensive we can't do that no where i was where i was lucky in in that regard was then i hired a tour manager that just sent me down he's like you don't need all this crap dude mm-hmm. so we started minimizing i stayed on ears even when the band went back to Mont- to wedges you know to save money but that's because i'm deaf yeah I mean, it was for the safety of the rest of the band for me to stay on ears because yeah. my monitors would have had to be so incredibly loud. But are it, you deaf because of music? Probably the most, but you know, growing up hunting, yeah, never ear protection because you're um, you're a veteran too, right? Yeah, and in those tanks, I never put an ear plug in. Yeah, um, what'd you do in the in I was the a tanker? Yeah, it's what you are. Uh huh. So army. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a, a 19 kilo at Fort Stewart, Georgia. For three years. Is that where Sean is? Where's Sean at? Benning. Fort Benning. Fort Benning. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah, I was on Go the ahead. other side of the state. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're too cool. I mean, you're 19, 20, yeah. invincible. I'm not climbing up, but I'm going to jump up on it. I'm not mm. climbing off. I'm jumping off. Now I got had four back surgeries. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's like, all right, maybe I should have listened. <laughs> so so, so uh, did you see any overseas action or anything? I did not. Yeah. I was fortunate, very fortunate enough to be there in peacetime. Yeah. Four so, years in yeah. and out? No, three. I went into 95 okay. and got out in 98. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I was very fortunate. I was in between Desert Storm and I guess... Iraq, Iraq War. Yeah, Iraq War. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Man. So one of my uh, high school best friends, he uh, actually, so if you came in on 154, that I always named after him. He was an Army Ranger and uh, lost his life in service over there in the Iraq War. So, yeah, uh, that's Tanner uh, Stone Higgins Highway out there. Gotcha. uh, Partially the reason my wife. Or I'm sorry, partially the reason my son is named Stone is because of him. So That's awesome. Yeah. So that's pretty, a that's a good yeah. tip of the heart and hat yeah. to well, your buddy. It did a lot of things. We wanted an outdoor name, of course. Of course. And uh it's my buddy's middle name and it was her maiden name. So I was like, Right on. This is meant to be you know? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks for the service, man. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. So then from uh from you said ninety eight was when you got out? Yeah. So I, I saved up some leave time. I got out right in January of ninety eight. Okay. And then uh then you went to Tarleton State? I did. I went to Tarleton for one year. Oh when I got out it was kinda like, hmm, now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really know what the world I was gonna do when I got out of high school. 
And now it's just like I got out of high school all over again, and <laughs> yeah. I still don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. And so I went to the fire academy for that first oh. semester of school, if you will, because mm. I got out in January. So that first January through May, mm-hmm. I went to a fire academy, and I started testing for to be a fireman. And uh, just kept doing well, but the, the hierarchy just... I didn't give it long enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I only tested for like three months. But in that time, I'd met some some peop, some guys and girls who went to Tarleton who would come home on the weekends, and I was working for one of them's brother-in-law, and we were roping together and running the highways. and, and Rodeo stuff? Mm-hmm. Dang. You did it all, you're man. man of, <laughs> you're the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> in the entire world. Your yes. beard kind of looks like that guy's yes, beard. Yes, yeah. his looks like mine. It does. That's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you get tats so, in the service, or I got one in the service, but it's not yeah. there anymore. It's covered up now. Was that a Nazi? Um, yes, swastika. One hundred percent. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> yeah, a mural of Hitler was, himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's actually better than that. It was a sun. <clears throat> Wait, did I get? Yeah, it was a sun with a goatee on it. <laughs> yes, sir. You heard me correctly, yeah. world. That's awesome. <laughs> so, no uh, eyes, just the goatee. Yeah. yeah no. no, it had eyes. It oh, had, okay. Like, okay. Like, I mean, if you yeah. looked at it right, it kind of looked like the Kellogg's mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. sun, but it was cooler. Was it real happy, but then kind of cool? Yeah, yeah. It just had a goatee on it. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> and better than that, I got it somewhere outside of Hinesville, Georgia, which is about the size of Gantis or mm-hmm. Emory. And the guy had an old house on his property. He lived in a trailer behind it, but the old house, I'm not BSing, had a piece of plywood. It said tattoos here. <laughs> and I was sitting on his motorcycle inside of this old house where he was tatting me. Like, you know, go for it, man. that sounds so uh, unique, but I almost feel like that happens in a most 1,500, because there's one of those places there outside of Sulphur Springs. Yeah, the one with the uh, helicopter. It's yeah. got the helicopter 18-wheeler. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was so in I, I did that without without batting an eye. Like, yes, sir, please. <laughs> Use your needles. <laughs> and so, uh, so, anyway, I met those boys and girls from Tarleton. And since I was young... And um, it was just my buddy Duran. It was his brother-in-law. So Royce and those guys were, you know, he was married. And so I would, they would come home for talks and heck, we'd go to the bars, go to Arlington. And I got to be friends. I'd go down to Stephenville and I'm like, this is the life down here, daddy. This mm-hmm. is where I need to be. So I went to Tarleton for 98, 99. Um, was making some poor decisions and uh, doing some drugs and, mm-hmm. and being an idiot. I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to, mess up my GI Bill or I'm going to lose I'm going to lose it I'm going to waste all this time and I'm going to end up not making good grades and I'm just getting high all the time and mm-hmm. it's like probably not good so then I went back to May Pearl and I was just going to go for the summertime you know dry out and clean up and go back and that lasted three years I had to do some more drugs but <laughs> which is terrible I'm not uh, advocating that children sure. please don't ever do that mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be honest to tell you my stupidity yeah. and mistakes and uh, got right with God, man, and turned around and went back to Tarleton in January of 02 and graduated in December of 04. What did you graduate with? Uh, every, Music degree, obviously, everything. right? No, everything. <laughs> Smartest kid on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a different Summa degree. Summa cum laude. <laughs> um, no, that's funny. My dad was like, I didn't hear them say that. Summa cum laude <laughs> after your name. I'm like, they forgot. Yeah. I yep. left my sash at home. Uh, no, I got, a, um, I got a Bachelor of Science in Public Relations with business communications cool yeah so 
Um, so you're built for podcasting. Yes, yeah. I am podcast. You are a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, all the rest of the tats came after you became a like powerful musician. Man, it was a slow because they're cool. Is why I'm asking. Like, it was this, a slow evolution. To be honest with you, like I would never get one. I just, I just never would. Fair enough. But I think that they're cool. Thank I think, you. I think, like, I like the color. I did. Um, like, I had that awesome sun. I didn't tell you about my first one I got in high school. Oh. Which it's gone too. It's covered also. But it's it Chinese. Nope. It okay. was amazing. Oh, I've got those. Yeah. Right there. Awesome. Um, and I was told they say family and love, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, it probably does. It's probably, did the Chinese person do it? I'm not going to repeat what I think it probably <laughs> <Yeah>. says. <laughs> um, no, the other one, my first one was a gecko lizard, but he was standing up on his back two feet mm. in a fireman's outfit because I was going to be a fireman. For, like in high school, you felt like you yeah. wanted to be a fireman. I had two uncles that were firemen. Great career. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I have lots of friends who are lots. I had two other friends who are firemen, and it's a terrific career. And I just kind of thought, like, man, I want to kind of carry on that deal. And my uncles did. And it seems to be working for them. Heck, those guys only work a third of the year. Yeah, no, I man. Living. Dude. I could kind of do what I want. I know. I, I got, um, I've got two. Actually, in that cover band I play in, two of those guys are firemen. So... Unfortunately, you know, they don't work for the same department, so scheduling is still uh, tough. But I bet so. But, you know, we don't, uh, they don't, we don't need them, you know. You <laughs> Bass player, you know what I mean? Uh, like, seriously, yeah. do you need that guy? No. No. White stripes. The doors. I mean, come on. White stripes, yeah. doors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, but the tattoos, I don't know. They just kind of started growing. But then once you get past a point, it's kind of like, you just get a wild hair and be like, oh, I'm going to go get some meat today. Yeah. But What's, what, which one means the most to you? I don't know. Either the scripture. Well, not either. This is going to sound terrible. Yeah. Out of context. Yeah. Obviously, my children's name. Uh-huh. But then scripture. What's the uh, scripture say? I can do all things through Christ who yeah. strengthens me. I wrote Philippians. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that. You wrote that in Philippians. Yes. To the Philippians, yes, actually. I yes. To the Philippians and asked them if they could put it in 413. <laughs> yes. They okay. said yes. It's good. That's good. They obliged. Did you get that after you cleaned up? Is that yeah. like a... No, it wasn't like a testament. I mean, my my making bad decisions with narcotics was a complete choice. And one day I just woke up like, man... My mom knew what I've been doing for the last three or four years. It'd break her heart and mm. I just quit. Yeah. It was done. Moms hold us accountable, don't they? Absolutely. <laughs> I just, you know, and it, it went from being fun and, and cutting up and partying to some some weeks a daily use and then maybe not for a few weeks, but it was becoming too much of a regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. And then people were starting to make it and people were starting to get arrested around me mm-hmm. and... Yeah, it just it was turning from like this like every story you've ever heard about drugs like it it becomes unfun mm-hmm. and it's just like ugh, ugh, gross. yeah what are you doing dude yourself? when I um the first band I toured in um like when I first got in there there was like nobody I mean everybody the lead singer is kind of uh, he did pills quite a bit mm-hmm. but like he hated the smell of pot well then next thing I know like. We hired, we got this fiddle player in the band, and like, dude, they're bringing like gallon bags of pot, you know. And like, when one night they were jacking around um, in the hotel room in Lubbock, we were on the second floor, and we had played the show, gotten bags like probably like one o'clock in the morning. 
and our drummer and our singer start kind of wrestling around, just having fun, you know. That's how it goes, dude. And they, uh, they like are banging around on the and floor, you know. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. man. And so, but the thing is, I had already gone to sleep. They they banged around, and then I was like, "All right, this is dumb," you know. I'm just going to sleep. Go to sleep. Literally wake up to the sound of the knock and uh, Lubbock, you know, police or whatever. And I, when I wake up, I can't see across the room. There's so much smoke in the room. Oh. And I was like, this is a bad deal it's right here. Good, and yeah. I had just had my first kid. Uh-huh. And it just, I was like, when I, I started thinking about it on the way home, and I was like, it's just not worth it, man. It's not, you man. Know? And, and, and my, mine was all pre-music, thank goodness. And, and so it wasn't even a factor. And, and obviously, you know, there's been... Offers come up over. I mean, I've been doing this 17 years. But yeah, it's like I have no desire. I mean, you could put anything you want on the table, and I'm like, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, been there, you done that. What do you want me to do? I'm too old. Yeah, I'm not yeah. staying up all night. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> yeah, the only yeah. drugs I like now are Advil, PM, Zequil. Yeah, it's got to have some PM this in it, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> right, it does. <laughs> so, as a guy who's uh, who's done heavier stuff, you know. Um, I'd never ventured off in that world, but good. There's I'm nothing, a, nothing. Yeah, there's no light at the end of that tunnel. <laughs> I, uh, I'm pretty freedom oriented when it comes to things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, the jurisdictions against marijuana, I kind of just kind of over it. You know? Oh, me and, too. And, and, but I, I don't so, smoke. But I yeah, am pro. I don't either. I am pro marijuana. Yeah, and I'm like, silly. Why not just you know stop locking people up for it? But all politics aside, mm-hmm. what do you think about the whole? Um, uh, what do they call it? Gateway drug idea. I don't know, man, because I didn't smoke weed until I was Ever? doing other stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, no, in high school, I'd yeah. smoke a little bit here and there, and then it just never, it's kind of like now. I mean, I could, where can you not find marijuana? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like, why and, is it Why is it illegal? It's stupid. So, you know I, what I mean? Like, it's I have no, I don't have a desire, but I did, during all that time, I was a pretty heavy smoker, but mm-hmm. it started from like trying to come down from the weekend party mm-hmm. and then it was like i kind of like this and i can function mm-hmm. you know and it, it's just nothing in the kid any kids listening i'm not bragging or maybe trying to highlight any of this it's all trash mm-hmm. but through technology and and lots of research there is some with thc there is some very beneficial things you know especially for people with chronic pain mm-hmm. uh, but no, I'm I'm talking about stuff that will never be legal, and you know, yeah, sure. cocaine and methamphetamines. Yeah. it's like that's just trash. It's yeah. trash. It doesn't do good for anybody. Um, you know, and like I say, when I when I quit, or even when I was messing with it, and this is not glorifying it in the least, but it was made by some old timers that took a week or so to manufacture this stuff, and we just knew them. Mm-hmm. And we just knew what was going on. And then next thing you know, within the couple of years, then it's like everybody's making it in their bathtub. And yeah. people got sores. And people are getting divorced. And a friend yeah. of mine's getting arrested because he's asleep in the, his truck mm-hmm. in the middle of downtown. And it's like, what? I'm out, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Nobody knew I was doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Y'all blowing the cover. The, uh, it's you know, fun. So. And where we're from, um, I don't know if it still is, but when, when I was, you know, growing up and even past when I left here, like, Raines County was the meth capital of Texas. Um, I yeah, don't know if stuff, it still is. Man, that stuff just went like, and you know, it had always been around. It always has been, but not like it got. 
Mm-hmm. And then it just it just swarms, kind of like the opioid epidemic. Yeah. It's just like blanketed our country, and mm-hmm. it's not good, man. Yeah. Not good at all. People are bored, man. They need to find something better to do, I, really. You know, it's like on one weird, weird ideological hand of mine in my messed up brain, I think that if I was going to mess with that, thank God I did then when it was like made with less under-the-counter chemicals. Right. Where it just really, it just kind of kept you up, gave you juice. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of like what what everybody's justifying Adderall. It did right. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Adderall is the exact same thing. It's just made by a manufacturer who's making billions off of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's no different. Yeah. I've done them both. But um, then it started changing. The internet was getting more broad. You know, dial-up was going away. Wireless was becoming so more people. Smartphones were beginning to come out. And these recipes were being found. You know, there were people just from where I was from getting arrested because they went to Walmart and bought eight cases of double D batteries. Yeah. I mean, or D batteries. It's like, all right, guys, I'm gone. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm predominantly a rule follower, and I just don't mm-hmm. want to be in, I don't like, never liked being in trouble. And so I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this isn't cool or fun anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's all trash. Yeah. Yeah. Not this, Not people doing it. I mean, bless your heart. Some some just oh yeah have issues and problems. I've had family, you know, that's dealt with it for a long time and seemed to be seemed to be over it. But that's Good. the thing is, you just don't know. Sometimes you don't, you don't know what's going on behind the. It's one of those things doors. where, like, we were talking about COVID before we got on, which you know the world's talking about COVID. So you know, I don't want to just spend another thirty minutes on that, but it's. Like, you never know who it's going to affect Absolutely. in a bad way. And that's the right. same way with drugs and stuff like that. So why why not just protect yourself from it and not you give go. yourself to the opportunity to have that addiction? I you mean, know, I, like, I thank God every day. Like, I mean, I have an addiction to ice cream. And, <laughs> Dude, and, cookie know, two-step. That is the best. Don't put that evil on me. Oh, oh man. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, well, look what I did. I, I, my wife and baby were distracting me yesterday or two days ago. I had a quarter of a pint left, and I was going to save it. And How I didn't even it, have a quarter of a pint left. Uh, just a pint is a one sitting. <laughs> he's situation. got pretty good food discipline. I don't. Sometimes like, he's like, I left a. Bit. He, he called me on the way over here and was like, "I was thinking about stopping at Taco Bell. Have you eaten yet? Do you want some Taco Bell? Like if." I, if I didn't get Taco Bell, he wasn't going to get it because he doesn't no, want. Like he, he just wants to make sure that we're on the same diet right, plan here, it. you know. Like, See, and I'm the opposite because guilty. all the guys in my band are skinny minis and they're all in their twenties and can eat like twelve year olds. And I'm eat whatever they drinks. eat. I'm like, me too, man. I'll take what he's having. Yeah. That's what's funny is like, um, I'll get down like in the mid one nineties for elk season. I remember and, those. And then, <laughs> yeah, no, right. And then, like right now, I'm probably sitting about 205, and oh, I got to like 235 thing. last spring when we had our kid. You know, and it's like, oh, let me just lose a clean 40 pounds this summer and get back every year. See, I'm not gonna be able to do Bro, it. Bro, right? try being five foot ten and being 255. <laughs> it's like, where is it? What, what happened? Okay, yeah. so speaking of this, I got a story. This is uh, this is from when you and I played together one one night up in Oklahoma City at Worm and Dog. I remember that show. Okay, yeah, so. <clears throat> We're um, we actually may have I don't know I think we, we played there a few times a few times but, but I think American this was the first one is the yeah, time yeah 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 that I remember yeah the most. that was my that was my thing back then staple um, you know had to get people to understand you know what they needed to watch is. they need to watch us you know <laughs> so uh, anyway uh, Colton our bass player <clears throat> he's uh, 
he kind of he's a super good guy I like talk to anybody you know sometimes that kind of gets you where you're sticking your foot in your mouth you know and so <laughs> we're sitting there he comes up to me at the end of the night you'd been at the merch booth we'd been right beside you at our merch booth talking and hanging out a little bit in the, the night he comes up to me he goes dude i think i just I think i just made bart really mad man and i'm like i don't think that's <laughs> i know i was thinking the same thing but he i was like what'd you do dude he was so worried he's a he's really worries about stuff he's, he's a sweet person he is and he goes he goes man bart came up to me and he was like like rubbing his chest and stuff and like doing all this funny stuff you know and uh and i just said chubby because he was <laughs> I mean, I think you get it, you know. And then he thought, oh, crap. He thinks I just called him chubby, you know. <laughs> so, you know, a little man love turned into, like, he was worried that you hated him, you know. So. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But uh, those are some good good times. That place is closed down, right? Uh, that's why I think I've heard that. Yeah. I'm sad. I loved playing there, man. So, um, so I didn't actually know that you were a hunter until like recently. Oh yeah. See, I don't like to tell everybody I'm the greatest hunter yeah. that's ever been born. I don't either. Um, <laughs> you know, I tell them that no, I, I am. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a funny thing for me because I grew up hunting. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Maypro. Yeah. That's what you do. Yep. And, um, very fortunate enough to grow up with a dad who was deer hunter and we hunted in Comstock from the time I was I think six or seven till I was 10 or 11 till I was just old enough to where I was going to get to start kind of going out on ridge lines and walking on my own and that's when he quit that's when he, he quit kinda, oh, he kind of started back and it was busy his company started getting really yep. busy um and he kind of I mean he'll tell you a story he just kind of I mean when he was 15 to probably 30 I mean eat, sleep, breathe, hunt, drywalling and hunting. Mm-hmm. And that's all he did. Back then, though, it was a lot because to put food on the table and put, you know, fill the freezer up. Mm-hmm. You know, he never shot a doe and he always shot bucks, but, you know, it was kind of a split thing. I want to get a big buck, but we need meat too. Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, as, as his business got uh, busier and things were getting a little better, the necessity for it wasn't as strong, but he still loved hunting. Mm-hmm. And I think just with age, he just kind of outgrew his desire for it. I mean, he just found other things to do. Mm-hmm. My dad's deal was, you know, he just worked so much that I think it kind of became unpractical to spend, you know, a thousand bucks back then mm-hmm. when they were only a thousand bucks per gun, uh, which was a lot, back then, <clears> especially <throat> for a family of, you know, he's a ninth grade dropout. Mm-hmm. And so all he did was work, and you know he made millions in the drywall industry. But he, he worked—I bet the man worked seventy hours a week for twenty-five years. Mm. So it—I think it got to where when his business started doing well, we're not turning down work. Well, I don't have the—I don't need to pay a thousand dollars a gun if I'm only going to get to go one weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we got work, we're staying here and working. That was kind of that thing. Yeah. You know, and those kids, we had sports, and mm-hmm. there was my sister, my little brother, and I. So, I just think it kind of more got in the way as we got a little older. Even though he loved taking us hunting, mm-hmm. so that's the only reason it kind of slowed down then. It was just funny. I still laugh at. I'm like, yeah, right about the time I got the age to really learn and not <laughs> yeah. just tag along with you and mess mm-hmm. up all your hunts mm-hmm. is when you kind of started slowing down. But we still could get to, we would go on occasional hunts, you know. Um, we just didn't, I mean, he had a le- deer lease in Ozona there for a while. 
But again, Comstock Ozono, that's like, you know, eight and ten hours, I think. Maybe six and eight, whatever. But long way, long drive from Maple. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So it's a commitment. And, you know, and then getting home late on Sunday, and then, you know, he's up at five to go to work the next Monday. So I think a lot of that was just kind of like, ugh, mm-hmm. a big ugh factor. Mm-hmm. But then through business, he got some hunts. I remember we went to Junction one time, really nice place. But anyway, I love hunting. Well, when I started playing music, and he, I take that back, because when I was at Tarleton, they were on a lease out in Colorado City. But even then, he was just like, well, you know, Kaylee, which was my first niece, firstborn niece. She's like, well, Kaylee likes to hunt, and so I want to take her out there, and you know, she shoots something. Because he'll be like, man, I passed up three ten points just because I didn't want to clean the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to go out there with him a couple times. But then by the time I graduated from college, Brooke and I were dating. I was playing gigs, you know, two or three times a week. And I had a regular job. I had a nine-to-five working for a construction company, a home builder. So going hunting, we just it wasn't on the radar because there was no time. You know, Friday, Saturday, we were playing gigs, and I did that for the better part of 15 years anyway. I mean, the last two years is probably the most time I've taken off. When towns started getting older, I'm like, man, I'm just not rat racing anymore. I'm not missing anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so hunting just wasn't, it wasn't on my radar because we just always had gigs. Mm-hmm. And then out, out of nowhere this year, I go on three whitetail hunts, an elk hunt. I'm going for a first duck hunt next month. First, first ever? ever? First ever. Really? Yeah. Dude. My wife's like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I'm like, well, dude, that's what we grew on, up baby. doing around here, man, because yeah. we got the lakes, you know. Well, so. I, yeah, I've never duck hunted ever. My dad, was, we always dove hunt. Oh, I went on a dove hunt too this year. But Dang. it's also cool for me because Towns is nine, and I took him on his first dove hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife was pissed because he shot a bird, but it wasn't a dove. <laughs> uh, he shot some varmints, too, and she was just like, what? Because they were just, my wife is mega hippie. Yeah. But she, she, it's interesting, she's not pro and not negative hunter. Mm. She just, don't hunt a feeder, and I don't care what you do. That's her. her really? Okay, well, what's her, what's her mentality on the feeder thing? This is remind, interesting. I remind you, she is pure hippie to yeah, the yeah. soul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm quoting her, so don't throw spears at me. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, I mean, <laughs> is, uh, so you feed these little babies all year long, and they walk in to get dinner, and you blow their heads off. I'm like, I don't say shoot them in the head. Not head yeah. shooting them, you know? <laughs> that's, that's my reply. I'm like, you don't shoot them in the head? Yeah. Are you crazy? I, it's just kind of interesting to me because uh, we were actually talking about this earlier today, but, like, there's a big pushback on baiting deer from a lot of other states whether that's pro or anti-hunting and it's kind of interesting to because it's so far out of my realm to think that it's not okay to bait deer so it's hard for me to understand where people are at on that i'm kind of like i think i'm 50 50 i'll I'll be honest with you now that we're talking about because i haven't really put a lot of thought in it but where i grew up hunting in comstock it was such an adventurous hunt like that terrain that Mm -hmm. terror i'll show you some pictures from one because i was fortunate to go down there this last weekend after i mean I probably haven't been there since I was 10 or 11, cool. and I'm 44, so <clears throat> it was neat. And as I was I'm telling your listeners, as I was telling you guys, coincidentally, the ranch I got to hunt on was next door to the ranch that I grew up hunting on, which was neat. We grew up hunting on a 14,000-acre ranch, and for whatever reason, by the grace of the universe, I got to hunt on a 27,000-acre ranch. <laughs> and we didn't even cover a third of it yeah, you know, not. Yeah. in our time out there. But um, So we would hunt. Like, there were very few feeders on this because the terrain was just so rough. Mm-hmm. There was a couple tripod stands and a couple blinds, but predom- my father and I, we never sat in one. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It was walking ridge lines and canyon lines and rattling and and scouting, I guess, if you yeah. you know to cool. put a term on it. So that was how I learned to hunt. We'd ride a four-wheeler to whatever section we were hunting, which was coordinated through the other hunters so no one would step on each other. And then we would just walk. And, you know, I'd have a backpack on because El Fatty had to have snacks. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I got to have Pop-Tarts, man. And so, you know, it was it was getting up dark and, you know, eating, putting on your, you know, um, I think I had a snowsuit. But basically, you know, your, your hunting clothes and mm-hmm. warm stuff and eating some cereal uh, and hauling butt on the four-wheeler to whatever backside of the canyon we were going to. And then getting off because my dad wanted to be in X spot when the sun comes up and then mm-hmm. we would walk mm-hmm. and we'd you know set my watch and i would be with him but then once the sun came up and i think it was more or less my dad just being like go away <laughs> you're hitting rocks you're not quiet mm-hmm. and so i could go one direction and he would go different and we'd meet back at the four-wheeler but i mean this was where soto cactus were taller than me so he would put flagging tape and you know take a, the whatever the stick is in the soto cactus mm-hmm. and put it on the four-wheeler so you could find it pretty easy because you get lost real quick yeah mm-hmm. huge and i was nine ten and how 11. are y'all so nowadays we use on x you know on our phones it's just maps uh-huh. and stuff like and i'm i'm assuming we're, we're not that far apart in age and i was doing the same kind of stuff you know when i was nine or ten mm-hmm. how are y'all figuring out like where your section was and how to navigate they had a map them? they had a map of the ranch uh. <clears throat> so the rancher had a map a topo map made yeah. of the mm-hmm. ranch so every hunter had it and um I mean, I don't. I doubt they knew the real topography of it, my dad. But they knew the sections and like, yeah. mm-hmm. all right, you guys are going to go. I mean, but again, fourteen thousand acres. You're going a mile over there. I'll go a mile over here. Mm-hmm. We'll never see each other. Leave all each day. other a buffer too. <laughs> yeah. That way. yeah, yeah. And so it was just that big. But you know, then again, you, a dad and his kid walking a canyon and a ridge line. I mean, you take two hours, and you're not traversing that much territory. But with binos, you know, you're seeing so much. So walking being what I just for dumb calls nomadic type hunting mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you would with your mule deer hunting yeah that's cool. how i grew up hunting whitetail so then when we went to ozona uh, i remember a couple times he put me in a stand and it was it was boring for a kid mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. bored already and then uh, so all that and then we went that junction hunt that was <laughs> i'm so trashy that's where I burnt myself with a cigarette to see if I could tough it out getting a tattoo. Because <laughs> I was, oh I was, I was I, I hawked a pack of my dad. So I was 18, 17 or 18. But I had an uncle when I was a kid. I was like, did that hurt? And pointed at his tattoo and he grabbed my arm and he acted like he was going to put a cigarette out on it. He's like, yes, it hurt. It hurt like that would have hurt. So I'm sitting there at 17. Not an idiot, but I guess I am. And I lit that cigarette and just put it out on my hand. You can still see the scar right there. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, oh God, oh God. Okay, I can take that. I can get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I'm real smart. Yeah. So, uh, so then you got a gecko. So, so that was it. And so then when we got older, my wife was in my head a little bit, and I went to that Colorado City place, and I passed on two bucks, just kind of the same thing. I don't think they were wall hangers, but it was just like I'm shooting them out of the feeder, like, eh. yeah, mm-hmm. it wasn't fun for me personally. Yeah, I'm not sure. judging anybody else. Because I mean, if I had a bow, I'd, I'd, I'd probably. I mean, if I saw the right one, I'd probably do whatever needed to be done yeah. mm-hmm. to own it. But yeah. I don't know. And but I also don't have. Again, that was even the Colorado City was <clears throat> probably five, six, seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. But after getting this year and being around more guys that hunt, 
And what happened was last November, I got to take my oldest towns on it. Uh, some friends of mine that own Mesquite Creek Outfitters in Georgetown. They also have an organization called Veteran Outdoors, and I'm really, I do a lot of work with them. They're really good friends of mine. They're great people. Very pro-hunter, pro-gun, pro-education. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome dudes. And uh, they invited me up for a clean-out hunt, is what they call it. So it was on the DPS uh, in Pflugerville, the DPS uh, driving facility. Mm-hmm. Because at night, they'll try to you know to teach officers how to pull over or speed chases, but deer get in that facility mm-hmm. and it cause havoc. So, And it was, a, it was a great, perfect hunt, first hunt for my son, too, because it was all father and son and a game warden in each blind. And just I think that's when it started re-clicking for me because Towns didn't even get to pull the trigger, but he got to sit there with the two twenty three. He got to bino and see a couple small deer. He had got to see one through a scope. But the game warden, it was too small. The game warden had to make the call. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we out there, and he just, like, I don't know, just seeing that as a dad was like, man, I bet that's how my dad was. Like, mm-hmm. this is really cool. And then the way Towns just wouldn't shut up about it. So <laughs> cool. we ended up not going home that night, which we were supposed to just go for the evening. It's yeah. about less than an hour from our house. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up spending the night with one of the guys uh, at his house and going back out there for the morning hunt. And we were back out there at 5, and Towns was just hot damn, let's get it. <laughs> And same thing. And so that's kind of, I think, when it clicked with me. They're like, man, I forgot how much I mm-hmm. love hunting. Yeah. And then seeing him, because even on the way out there, I stopped by Academy and I bought like a little $10 fold lock knife, lock blade knife. Bought mm-hmm. him some really cheap Bushnell uh, binos. Mm-hmm. You know, setting the boy up. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm sure we didn't have to take rifles or ammo or anything. Mm-hmm. Everything was just waiting on us. That's so, cool. So then from that point, he got a big interest in guns. So we've been going home to May Pearl during all this COVID. And my dad, you know, I have, I've got a 270, a, a 7 mag. My dad's got an AR. And we got two 22s and some single. Like we just go down the pasture and just shoot. Mm-hmm. And I got all, four, all three of my boys, the seven-year-olds in towns, all shooting. And they love it. It's cool, man. My drummer's dad has a range in Johnson City. And so when I was getting ready for that elk hunt, uh, I took my 300 wind mag out there to zero it and get comfortable with it. I, mean, mm-hmm. I ain't shot in 10 years. I'm going on a trip of a lifetime. I want to put in some work and be mm-hmm. ready. So we'd go out there, and I'd, I'd put, you know, 10, 20 rounds downrange, and then the, he would let the boys shoot some twenty two rifles. And the boys got off three of them, got to where, you know, 50 yards. They were just tagging the target left and right, and it was just kind of like beating my chest. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hell yeah. I like this. It's <laughs> cool. So so you, so you where was the elk hunt? Uh, McCall, Idaho, which Ooh. is two hours north of Boise. Nice. So shot a pretty good elk. Like – wasn't no slouch at all, man. No, man. I didn't shoot him. I stabbed him. Crawled or, up and stabbed him right in the Yeah. Side. Yep. Yep. With your finger? Uh, no, I had a knife. Okay. <laughs> well, it was a, actually a stone I'd like yeah. chiseled yeah. and the Flint down. Rock or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. Shout out to Veteran Outdoors again. Uh, invited me to this elk hunt in McCall, Idaho. And we flew up. So, you know, I want to take it really serious. And shout out to Cryptek uh, Gear for sending us just some amazing gear because then it's like what do i need to go on an elk hunt <laughs> yeah i don't own anything camouflage mm-hmm. oh wait i bought a camouflage t-shirt for my dove flannels you got plenty of flannels <laughs> yeah you i know. got flannels <laughs> real bright red ones mm-hmm. and so uh <clears throat> yeah so cryptech took care of us there and veteran outdoors just really gifted some great gears and leopold uh nice binos mm-hmm. and just really took care of us so i i got a <laughs> borrowed a rifle from a buddy 
Well, I didn't want to go up there. I was going to take my dad's Ot six. I didn't really want to go up with anything less than a cannon. Mm-hmm. But a buddy that's a competition shooter that lived in Austin has a three hundred Win Mag, so he's like, "Take this thing, <laughs> yeah, I'm like done, yeah, yeah." And so uh, I, I really, man, as nerdy as this may make me sound, I bet I dry fired that thing two hundred times, just getting used to the trigger pull mm-hmm. and, and getting comfortable and prone and kneeling and just ready for any variable mm. so i'm like if I, I don't want to miss the damn thing like, if i don't see an elk <laughs> that's okay but if i see one i don't want it to be the the, the factor mm. that we don't come home with a cooler full mm. yeah yeah and so then like i said i went to daniel's father's um range in johnson city and i probably ended up putting you know 50 or 60 live rounds between 300 yards mostly and just different shooting positions you know because i i did i'm like man let's nerd out Bro, I don't hunt, I don't shoot, and I'm fixing to, and I want, I don't want to miss. Mm-hmm. And man, uh, that yeah, that morning we got up that first morning, and we were up on the mountain. We we're about eight thousand feet. One guy's here watching this mountainside, so me and the guide go around and walk in the perimeter. And uh, Cody texts back. He's like, "I got some cows. I'm, I've got on glass." So me and the guide, his name's Ed, came back to this side of this mountain because he's going to bugle, see if there's any bulls with him. So we spread out. I'm probably 300 yards down. She's bugling. He's calling. And I'm glassing over here. I mean, as far as the eye can see to all the way back to you. And it's I'm on one mountain, and it's a big dip down, and there's the other one. And so from the other side of that one, I, you just hear this faint answer. I'm like, Okay, was that me breathing? <laughs> yeah. My nose whistles yeah. sometimes. It sounds like, yeah. Was that my nose hairs or what? What's going on? And so, you know, and I've got every dadgum movie in my head. Like, side note, same thing. We were laughing. I was laughing at myself at Comstock. I said, I've always just imagined like a buck. And as imagine this bull just walking to the crest of the mountain, mm-hmm. yeah. just standing there all majestic-like <laughs> and beautiful with no brush around it where you can just take the shot mm-hmm. or just paint a picture of it and uh so but the second time it bugled i the guide came back to me and i was like yeah you can hear him so he started walking this bull in i mean i'm talking guys as the crow flies it was probably a mile and a half i mean mm. you just faintly hear it you like that saying don't you but i guess as the crow flies yeah, yeah. it kind of fits yeah <laughs> but uh but you could hear it getting closer when that bull was talking so after about 45 minutes of this He's just like, man, we can, his guy's name is Ed. He was like, we can take an Ed venture and go down this thing and back up the other side. And I'm already panting, just walking in a circle. I'm like, why don't we not? What's, what's option B? And so he's like, well, we can take that grown-up logging road and go around the ridge in the saddle and come back in two loops and we'll be kind of, should be coming in on it. So I'm like, let's go. So we boogie over there. I say boogie over there. It was probably about an hour and a half walking and, and kind of following this road to get to that other side of that one mountain. And, uh, you know, he's still calling. He's cow calling. He's bugling. And he's staying in contact with it. So we get a distance from it. And Ed's like, all right, you take point. First of all, he told me, he's like, get up. Get ready for your shot. And so I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm like, okay, everything. And so I flip the bipod down. I get Binos off, and I get my fat butt in position for him to be like, "Never mind, let's go." I'm like, ah, I just took all that stuff off. I'm laying down; it feels comfortable. But uh, 
get, puts me on point, and we're probably a half mile of like, like Elmer Fudd stalking, mm. like just. But we're on the edge of a road, a lo- old log, grown up logging road. So we're not in the thicket of the, but we're still on the incline too. Mm-hmm. On, but on the flat, personal, it's just mm-hmm. beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's Idaho. Mm-hmm. So we go around a couple of these corners, and each time, you know, we're switching sides of the road so you can kind of sneak around the corner to have the the view. And we come around one. He finally Ed stops and he goes, "Here's the deal." I'm cow calling this thing. So this thing's coming to love us. If he comes charging through that brush around this corner, you shoot him in the face. He's like, because you're either going to get that or you're going to get a nice setup shot. He's like, be ready for both. So then my heart is just like a doom. And we're walking again. Finally, I just stop. I don't know. I had this moment of clarity. but And I, I hand big props to Big Dan at that range and my buddy Ridge uh, Pogue, who's my competition shooting friend, who really taught me like really how to shoot this rifle and i just stopped and i'm like damn it this is what this is what i came here for and i'm as prepared as i can be just calm down because i mean i was like Phew. and man some just kind of found like a cool piece mm-hmm. and we come around this one corner and the guy was like hey why don't you set up over there because he's fixing to come right here so i set up i mean it's just like uh, so easily perfect i set up my bipod on a tree stump and I sat down uh, for all you children out there I sat down crisscross applesauce <laughs> behind it and he walks it right in and he comes in and it's about somewhere between 70 80 yards oh man mm. the coolest thing about it though is the Ed the guide's probably 20 yards behind me and I know at home y'all can't see this but I'm here on the stump and he's across the road and back and this bull's coming here well, I see the horns, but I I think they're mule deer because we've seen a bunch of mule deer. Mm-hmm. But what they were the elks, brow tines. What I didn't know is he was down about six feet off this little steep, whatever. So I'm watching him, or I'm watching what I see. There's also a little pine tree, so you can't see anybody. And mm-hmm. plus, he's down. So I'm still looking over here where he keeps calling. <laughs> I don't know why I told him. He goes like this to me, and I give him the what I determined in that moment was the universal sign for yeah i see the mule deer i go <laughs> I, like, I do like a hang loose sign to it and i was just like he's like i see his face and i knew i was like i don't know what i'm doing and then i still see what i'm thinking is a mule deer mm-hmm. but i mean here's and the wind's coming at us so it, the guide was ed anderson did great getting us in position working the wind and all that and um i see another set of horns but again it looks like a mule deer horse, like the big ones, whatever those points are. And, mm-hmm. and so, but I mean, like out of a dadgum movie, I just go like this, and I'm, I'm already trying to get my breathing, and I'm not nervous at all because I don't think it's an elk, but I'm also not one scared of this mule deer. And then it just took that one step up that little six-foot grade, and I mean, my majestic thing <laughs> happened because he raised his head, and I seen all five-by-five five come up, and just his whole torso, and I just went. I exhaled, looked down, exhaled, shot him, and hit him right in the heart. And the first thing that hit was his chin. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> then I started shaking, like, yeah. oh, my God, I did it, I did it. <laughs> like I, it. It happened like what Ridge and Dan were telling me, like, if you do it right, you won't have time to get nervous. Like, be quick. And yeah. I, that's probably elementary to all your hunter listeners, but to a guy like me that hasn't ever hunted anything of that size or nature, I've only shot two whitetail in my life, and then like a said and you know, i was 20 plus years ago mm. um 
it was pretty magical. Dude, that's awesome, it's man. Cool, man. It was very, very I've still cool. never shot an elk. It was so He's bad. Cut, he I'm, shot a few. I shot two. He's an old vet. Yeah, with bows, you know, and it's, that, it's, it's just adrenaline dump. Dude, crazy. I called my dad from the mountain, and he was like, you know, he was pumped. He was stoked for me because I, I FaceTimed him. I'm like, hey. He's like, hey, let me call you back. I'm in a meeting. I'm like, I can't have time. I need to show you my friend. And then he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so he got real pumped and, and this and that. And, uh, of course, typical dad, real fired up for him. He's like, now. Imagine if you had a bow and you had to be about <laughs> 55 yards closer and you had to be quiet and all that shit. I'm like, whoa, that's why I'm not up here bow hunting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no reason to start that way. You had yeah. plenty of fun the way you did it, yes. right? Yeah, you got time. It was, it was great, man. It was, uh, it was a really neat experience. And then, you know, we got lucky, too, since it was right by that logging road mm-hmm. uh, that was grown up. Oh, it wasn't a used road. Sign me up for that. Brother, he, dropped, <laughs> he dropped in the middle of the mold tracks. Yeah. That was because my dad was like, how far off the road are you? And I just put the camera down like, oh, I'm kind of in the middle of it. He's like, you lucky devil. <laughs> that's yeah, funny, that's man. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the uh, family think about eating elk meat? Yeah, I was going to ask, does your, does your wife eat meat? Oh, yeah, she yeah. loves it. Okay. That was that was her thing, too. Like She gave my dad and buddies she doesn't care. Uh, truthfully, she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But um, she'll give them a hard time for hunting for sport. But most everybody I know, you know, eats the meat. And mm-hmm. A lot of times we get venison from friends who just, you know, have small families and can't had, handle it all. Mm-hmm. And um, no, she's not. She's not against it. Like I say, she's not against it at all. It's just not her cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. But I've been giving her so much flag. Like, <laughs> We, we're gonna hang this. I'm gonna have an elk. It's gonna be right above the mantle. And the thing is, you right know, above the bed, baby. Oh, no, it gets better. Because when I got home, I said, you know, we didn't think about this because it's being it's in Idaho, being mounted now. I'm like, that rat can't get through a standard door, and we have French double doors on our bedroom, so it's going right above the bed. And she's like, one night in bed, she's like, hey, you're not serious, are you? <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know. Just <laughs> have to wait and see. Yeah. Right. She's like, well, before you left, you said you were going to offer it, you know, if your dad wanted to put it up at his house. I'm like, well, what if he doesn't? She's like, then you said you're going to offer Mesquite Creek Outfitters. What if they don't? Yeah. But in truth be told, in defense of my wife, uh, oh, she's an elk meat eating machine. When I left, she's like, hey, just bring, get the freezer full. That's all I want. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm trying. And, um, uh, in her defense, her whole our whole house, like an elk head would look about as appropriate as if you mounted one at a, a I don't know, at a techno rave. <laughs> you know, like our house is so hippie aesthetics and mm. old vintage stuff, and then there would be this beautiful, majestic creature that needs to go above our bed. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I just talked myself into it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little, a little something odd. Yeah. Well, I know that you've got a show that you're going to have to go play tonight here in just a little bit. So, appreciate all your time. One thing I would uh, like to give you the opportunity to do is send people where you want to send them so they can. To every live it, show ever that I ever play. Ever. Because that's the only place you really can make money these days as a musician. Yep. yep. They're in the website, barkcrowmusic.com. We do. People are pretty cool. I mean, everybody's in a, in a weird spot, but it seems like the people who have been fortunate, like my brother and all my friends, they haven't missed a day of work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, construction world's got to keep cruising, baby. Yeah. And so a lot of people, fans, friends, people I don't know, people we know from other gigs and stuff, been I feel have been very cool about, you know, somewhat spreading the wealth. Like they've been hitting the website. Our merch sales have been really good and helped us keep moving and uh 
you know, it's allowed me to take some merch sales and send the guys checks when we didn't work for seven months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, a lot of people, it's every man for themselves. But I got a, I got a band that I love, and and I think they love me. I don't know. Yeah, they but, do. So I, you know, was able to send everybody a little <clears throat> money, not a lot, but something better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like people who haven't been financially boogered are still buying merch mm-hmm. and doing what they can to help some of us that made terrible decisions in our career choices. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> have you, have you felt, um, have you felt that there's a weird, uh, I don't know, hypocrisy maybe, um, with like all the, uh, different gatherings of people while musicians can't go play shows and stuff like 100%. that. 100%. Yeah. Want everybody to just come out and, be mad about something at my show. There'll <laughs> yeah. be like 500 people yeah. show Don't up. protest at Bart Crow show. Yeah. There ain't, no man, man, there ain't man. many protesters listening right now, I can guarantee you. You know, that. just like you guys, I'm, I don't care about, I mean, I care, but they're, they're in my own head, mm. my political thoughts and things. Sure. But there's a hypocrisy on every news outlet station you oh, watch. So I was talking about it last night with my brother-in-law. It's just, it's just, the, the I think the thing that is most baffling to me is the blatant lies and hypocrisy mm. on different topics and the amount of free-thinking, intelligent adults who will see one thing one way when it's played out in front of you a different way. And it's like, what? Just at least say, no, that's not right, even mm. though I like that team better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, you can't be, my analogy would be, you can you can be a, a fan of the Houston Astros and you can love that they won the World Series, but you can't lie and say they didn't cheat right. with the with the uh, sign stealing. Mm-hmm. So just be a free thinking, intelligent human. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I think it's good. I think that's a good analogy. I think I'm brilliant. I think it is too, man. Yeah. I think it's right. I mean, it's right in line with what I'm. Please thinking. don't start a podcast. You'll put us out of business so fast, <laughs> dude. I'm so lazy. I can't even keep my merchandise up. And then that's that's money that's sitting on the website. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, it's like these uh, handwritten lyrics that we're doing for the holidays. You should have seen my reaction when management said I, sh- said I should do that. You would have thought they wanted to extract my teeth without deadening them. And and I've done like six so far, and it's taken me a grand total of maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. And that's between Captain Sees a Squirrel and Gets Distracted. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's no effort, little carpal tunnel, but I'm just like, yeah. I forgot being an adult, you know, you don't. And I'm not an attorney, so I don't sit and write on paper that often. Mm-hmm. And I can write a few sentences, and I'm like, Meh, wrist, dude, it hurts, my man. Wrist hurts. Nobody writes anymore. Why am I squeezing my pen so hard? <laughs> Where's it going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys. Thanks yeah, for no, the invite, man. Appreciate Thanks for it, man. the friendship. For Great sure. to meet you. Yeah, you yeah. too, brother. And uh, I enjoyed this. I hope my questions aren't. I mean, my answers aren't as mundane as they no, sounded in dude. my head because no. I can be long winded. No, man, dude, you, something cool and different. You wait till. You get a guy from Canada, basically, on this podcast talking about deer hunting, and you'll find out how mundane people can actually be. <laughs> <laughs> right on. No, well, but uh, I, I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, good luck tonight. Um, what else? Oh, where should people go that want to request a shows with Tyler and the Tribe that Bart Crow would play? Uh, they don't. Okay. <laughs> they don't they, request they, that. They or don't want. They don't, they don't, want, to don't want. They don't. <laughs> yeah. At all. The universe will uh, explode. I think. So. Yes. No. <laughs> absolutely. Please do that again. Go to bartcrowmusic.com and if you go to the contact page, you'll see Shelby Vonick, who's my booking agent. Yeah. And you let her know how much the Tyler and the Tribe 
guys need to come close shows for Bart Crow. That way they can be in bed early. <laughs> the Bart yeah. Crow side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate it, I mean, man. does it count for love if I leave the show early to go to bed early, but the rest of the band stays and parties and cheers I mean, y'all on? I think it's whatever the contract says, so just write it in. You know what yeah, I mean? Y'all just close yeah. the show. Please. I'm all good with that. I'm Actually, good with that. I'm good with my guys doing the closing, and I'm gonna probably jet out too. <laughs> you want to hang out with my band? <laughs> yeah, we were. We're about, we're about how about to you and hi. I just? Why don't you and I just open the show acoustic, dude? And then the bands can figure the out idea. who plays when what. Yeah, remember, uh, instrumental versions of "Wear My Ring" and stuff, right? <laughs> Pure Country. You remember that movie? You know, do they, I remember they, that they movie? Turn, they turn the smoke <laughs> and turn the lights down. We're about the same height. I can just be dusty, and nobody will no, know. No, no, Mister Two Hundred Five. You know, <laughs> no. We need to we need to beef you up. <laughs> he can do it. I can do it. Don't you worry. Yeah. Duplex cookie time. Yeah. Oh, heaven, <laughs> heaven forbid I lose the weight to get down to you. No, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, once again, man, thanks for doing this. Thanks, buddy. Been a while. Yes, sir. Yeah. Too long. Dude, old Bart's a pretty cool guy. For sure. I mean, yep. I didn't know how this would go because it's, you know, I, it's somebody I didn't really know, you know, and uh, you figure out that a lot of times musicians are either total weirdos or they're total weirdos. Um, and uh, <laughs> one of those is bad, one of those is good, and Bart's the good kind. Yeah, for sure, man. He's yeah, he is, man. He's quirky, kind of funny, you know. Yeah, I like people like that, man, a lot. Oh yeah, man. It sounds like he's getting back into the hunting thing for the right reasons too, and that's that's cool. I can I can definitely yeah. respect that. Let me tell you something too All about right. this because let's hear it. You know, I like I really am glad because I didn't know for sure how this could this could have gone one of two ways, mm-hmm. and the you know the way it went was the better of the two where he is doing it for the right reasons and he likes to use methods that include, you know, hunting versus sh- just shooting. And a lot of the musicians that I used to tour with and stuff do hunt because there's a lot of country musicians that play, uh, in those circles. And, um, a lot of them are basically, you know, they, they tour pretty, uh, pretty hard. And so they've only got a few days and they end up, going to uh some place that's not very big and um deer don't have a whole lot of place to go if you know what i mean and so and then they end up <laughs> shooting uh you know 335 and in, in their two days off you know or whatever yeah. and so it's just kind of like it's just uh i like to see that the other side of it uh can be taken on by a musician and and that it can be understood and um you know that it can be enjoyed as well even if even if there's no success every time, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Speaking of success, last season we had a extraordinarily successful element hog hunt with just a couple of the True Blue Element uh, buddies, and uh, we want to share that with a lot more of y'all this year. You know, we talked about doing some stuff in this giveaway that we have going on uh, and, and kind of polled the audience about what we should do, and some people were like, y'all should give away a hunt with y'all. I was like, well, that's a crappy prize, but <laughs> y'all can come hunt with us if you want to. Uh, so we decided to do this uh, springtime hog hunt meetup because it's a good time. There's not a lot of other hunting seasons going on, and uh, we'd like to really just kind of get together. What we're going to do is get together on February the 12th, a Friday evening, all kind of meet up, share a meal together, and talk about – you know, may, uh, of course, some hog hunting, maybe even some deer tactics, uh, some mapping stuff, establish where we're going hunting. It's going to be in Northeast Texas, of course, uh, but there'll be more details to follow on that. And then Saturday morning, the 13th, we'll all get up, go hog hunting, have a ton of fun, shoot some pigs, and just go wild. So, Tyler, how do the people sign up for this deal? Um, 
So you can go to the website, theelementwild.com, and go to our, um, you know, the tabs, and you can shop, go to shop, which is where our apparel is. And it looks like on, on mine that the first the first shirt to show up is the Make Them Squeal shirt. It's an orange public land shirt um, because when you go out there running around chasing pigs with shotguns, you're going to need a T-shirt. And so it's a, it's a blaze orange. It's got a pig on it. It says Make Them Squeal 2021. And so we've got them set at a price of $15, which basically covers the shirt and gives us a little bit of room uh, to make some food. We are not going to make any money on this, just so you know. But uh, that's your admission to this. There's a limited number of them, and so uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna want to do this, you're gonna need to get in as soon as possible because at some point I'm gonna put a limit on the number of shirts probably that we have left in stock, and that is all that's gonna happen. Uh, this hunt is gonna be in Northeast Texas. I'll just tell you that. We're not gonna tell you exactly where it is until you have your uh, until you have your shirt. But it's going to be Northeast Texas on the 12th and 13th, and um, it's going to be a good time. We're going to hunt. You know, you got to go out there and hunt however you want, but we're going to be out there with shotguns trying to trying to take some down, man. Oh, we're going to so. take some down. We're going to make them squeal, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> anyways, guys, if you're interested in that, it'd be a lot of fun to all meet up and do that. If you haven't, go subscribe on YouTube, send us a screenshot, enter the giveaway, and be sure that you also follow us on uh, our social media platforms like Facebook and Insta. That way uh, you can see how to gain a couple extra chances at winning this uh, 10K giveaway that we got going on. Um, Otherwise, I hope that you are finishing out your season strong. Whatever that means, if that means shooting a couple does, if that means just getting after the pigs, if that means you're still trying to chase that big old buck, listen... I know that it seems like the rut is over and that deer season is just ending forever, but it's not. Okay, guys, there's still plenty of deer in the woods, so get out there and get after them. Tyler, is there anything else that you need to make the people aware of? (laughs) I think you covered all the bases, man. Good. One, two, three. Is there more than three bases? Because home plate isn't a base, right? No, well, I don't know. That I don't know. It's a good question. To, <laughs> Anyways, guys, I hope you are living life to the fullest. I hope that you're going to have a great Christmas with your family and friends. And remember, this is your element. Live in it. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds i like pot calls i just like pot calls i enjoy calling with a pot call whatever direction you go including a box call which i don't personally use too much but they're fun and great and i started out with them yanni on the other hand one of my main turkey hunting buddies he loves box calls and what's funny is i'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey so 
It's not that I don't like them. I just have Yanni use his. Then I'll have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.